This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Inquiring minds want to know. Everybody say it out loud. Say, I want to know. Well, what do you want to know? Well, questions are Questions are the way to knowledge. If you want to know something, you ask about it. This morning in your, uh, on your smartphones, whether it's an iPad or iPhone or um, anything of that nature, we have our Calvary FTW app. If you'll open up the app, you will see my speaking notes right there in front of you. If you're a guest today, a first timer here, feel free to download the app. If you don't like it, delete it later. And uh, the speaking notes are gonna be right there in front of you. You can put, put it in your search tab, Calvary, C-A-L-V-A-R-Y, F-T-W. Everybody wants to ask questions because that's how we get information. So I thought of a fun way. Uh, I've got a few questions that I wanna ask you guys and maybe over lunch, you can chew on the answer and you can text me the answer later or email me through the church website or whatever. Questions are the way to knowledge, right? So here's one question for you. I'm just curious. Do vegetarians eat animal crackers? I've been struggling with that. I, 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 you've got your questions, I've got mine. I was wondering, do vegetarians eat animal crackers? I, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe you can help me with that. And then if that one doesn't resonate with you, here's another question um, uh, that I wanna ask you. If the number two pencil is like the most popular pencil ever, why is it number two? Why is it not one? I don't understand that. And there's a couple that came to me after the first service And they said, I love the questions about the animal crackers. I love the question about the number two pencil. But my question is, why do kamikaze pilots wear helmets? (laughs) That's a good question. And we could go on and on and on, but we have somewhere much more important to get. And that's right into our sermon material. Inquiring minds want to know, part one last week, we talked about stress. Now, you might be thinking, how are you coming up with these topics? Well, there were just under 100,000 people surveyed asking them the question, if you could hear any topic discussed in a sermon, what topic would you like to hear about? Well, stress was one of the leading responses. So we talked about stress last week. In the same app that you have with your speaking notes, there's a tab for listening to past sermons. I think everyone should listen to last week's sermon concerning stress because all of us have felt it or are feeling it currently, and it's not God's perfect plan for your life to live stressed out. It's God's perfect plan for your life to be blessed, and the blessed life is better than the stressed life. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Amen. So today, part two of this, part two of this is something that everyone wants to know. Everyone in this room wants to know it. You might even be in the very situation today that this is critical, critical information for you in your very present day. And the question is this, how do I know God's will? Pastor Tommy, how do I know God's will? Now, there's pretty much two types of people in this service at the 11 o'clock service today. 
there's pretty much two types. Someone that grew up uh, detached, you were completely detached from the Christian faith, but you always had someone in your life that would say something casually about, well, you know, you need to ask about God's will. But it was foreign to you because it was not something that you heard often, but you heard it enough to want to know, well, what does that mean? But then there's the other person that's here. You're a Christian. Maybe your parents were Christian. You're second, third, possibly even generational Christian. But even us Christians have to wonder sometimes, how do I know God's will? So over the next few minutes, I'm gonna do my best to keep your attention, keep you engaged. And I wanna do my best to show you a few ways to knowing that you know that you know that you're living in God's will. And I wanna do so by showing you a picture real quick. We're down to just one projector. I'm not sure what happened. It was, uh, I came in the first service and we were losing a projector. Do we still have this one fired up? I need, I need to see the picture that, I've, that I have. There it is. Yeah, we're still down to one. This is a golf course. Now, there's a few golfers here today. I'm a golfer, I love golf. This is not necessarily a, uh, uh, we're not really gonna be talking about the game of golf. I just wanna show you this picture to kind of, to give you an illustration to start this morning's message off with. This is a hole. Most golf courses have either nine holes or 18 holes. And there's something called a tee box. A tee box is where the golfer, either male or female, junior golfer, senior golfer, really doesn't matter. Everybody has a designated starting point on a golf hole. It's called a tee box. And you hit your golf ball and the point of golf is to get the ball into the hole in as least amount of effort that it takes. So if you'll look on this picture, and for all of you over there, I apologize for the, for the lack of this projector, but if you look on this picture, there's, there's really short, manicured, beautiful grass, and it's called the fair way. The fairway is really the goal on where you wanna hit your golf ball in golf. You wanna hit it into the fairway because it makes the game fair to you as a sportsman or woman. It's easier to hit a golf ball out of the short, manicured, real tight, firm grass. It's easier to hit that golf ball there than it is on the left or the right of the short grass. There's something called the rough, and it's rough because the grass is taller, it's thicker, it's gnarlier, it's nastier. And the game is far more difficult when you're in the high grass than the short grass. And then, even in the rough, there's something even worse. There's things like sand traps, water, trees, and those are hazards in the game of golf. So the goal, once again, and we're almost done with this, the big win for a golfer is to keep the ball in the fairway because the game is a lot easier in the fairway than playing in the rough. Everybody with me so far? Everybody with me so far? All right. Take that down or we're gonna have a lot of men in the room going, hey babe, I'm out. I'll, I'll pick you up at like three o'clock. I'm going to play golf. All right, here we go. If you know God's will for your life, it doesn't make life easy, but it makes it easier. Life is always gonna to be tough due to the Adamic nature, 
that you and I are stuck living in due to the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. The Adamic, the Adam nature, that's life. Life is gonna come with work. Life is gonna come with sweat. Life is gonna come with toil. Life is gonna come with some good days, some bad days. Mama said there was gonna be days like this, Brent Odom. There's gonna be days like this. And, and life's not always gonna be, you know, uh, fancy meals and great vacations and paid bills. Life has a way of being tough. Or should we say rough? But if you can keep life in the sweet spot, known as the will of God, promise you, you will be light years ahead if you can stay in the will of God for your life. It's gonna make it a lot more fair. It's gonna make it a lot easier. So with that said, how do I know what the will of God is? Nadia, how do I know if I've missed it, as people say? How do I know how to get back to it, as people say? Pastor Tommy, help me understand the will of God. Well, I'm gonna do that today, and I'm gonna do it two different ways. We're gonna talk from a theological point of view, but then I'm also gonna talk to you very practically. Every student in AO in this room will be able to use this sermon starting tomorrow, along with every grandparent in the room and all of us in between. This is the kind of sermon that's gonna make your life better off if you'll listen to it and give into it. From a theological point of view, I wanna show you, just as a golf course has a fair way, there was rough on the left, there was rough on the right, but there was that border. You saw that well-defined line that said, you don't wanna go over that and you don't wanna go over that because if you go over these lines into the rough, it's gonna be a tough life for you. So from a theological point today, I wanna give you two things if you will submit to these two points, you will live in the will of God and your life will be a lot easier. Number one, here in your notes, check it out. The first of two theological components is the sovereign will of God. The sovereign will of God. And another way of saying that is this, a sovereign will of God is what God's doing on the earth what God is doing on the earth. Now, I understand this audience. This audience, it is a little bit different than the first service. So I'm, I'm gonna, I might even have to teach a little bit right here to get you to understand what I'm saying. Ever since creation, God has always been active on the earth. You may not realize what all that means, but God's always interacting with people because it's God's perfect plan that everyone goes to heaven. God's not willing, the Bible says, that anyone should perish or be lost for eternity. So ever since he created Adam and formed Eve from his side, God had mad love for humanity. And God has done extreme things to try to reach people and to deposit his love into their hearts. At one point, he got so desperate, he said, you tell me how I can get into your heart, and I'll do it that way. 
But of course, their way didn't work. He would try through time after time, known as dispensations. He would try effort after effort, different measures after measure, ultimately leading to the dispensation or the time that we're living in, known as grace, to the point where he said, I don't think there's anything in you that could draw close to me, so I'm gonna have to draw close to you. And so forth, he sent Jesus Christ. And upon the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, the big doorway was swung open called grace. Now, every single one of us in this room have been reached by God. Now it's our turn to just receive the reach. Everyone say that. Receive the reach. He's reaching for you. And all the things you have to do is just receive the reach. You've just got to accept his love because that's what he's doing. He's reaching for you. Stay with me for a moment while I, while I spend a little time here. This is not in my notes. I, I just kind of feel like some of you need a little bit of understanding what I mean by what God's doing on earth. God's always reaching for people. So therefore, I'm gonna name, we're gonna have fun. You guys chose the right section today because for the remainder of this service, you are the will of God. <laughs> Come on, huh? Did you not, is that incredible? Now nudge your neighbor and say, don't let that go to your head right here, yeah. If you're the will of God, I got bad news for all of you and I've got bad news for all of you because all of you are what we're gonna call in golf, you're in the rough, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but you're out of the will of God. And in any minute, people are gonna stand up and come over here or they're gonna leave, one of the two. But here's where I'm saying this. Down this side is the sovereign will of God. And I wanna do my best to paint this picture for you. If you wanna be in the will of God, are you involved with what God's involved with? Are you doing what God's doing? Are you interested in what God's interested in? Are you praying what God's hoping for and believing for? Are you engaged? Are you connected to what God's doing on earth? Well, I don't know, Pastor Tommy, what God's doing on earth. He's reaching for people. So the best way you can stay in the will of God is to always look for opportunities to share Jesus Christ with someone else before you worry about who you're gonna marry, before you worry about if you should buy that house or not, before you worry about if you're gonna need to retire this year or that year, the number one thing from AO to pastor to anyone, are you doing what God's doing on earth? Are you sharing Jesus with other people? Number one, you don't have to need anything else in this sermon. If you're self-centered, if you're sick with me-itis, meaning it's all about you, I can tell you right now, you're gonna struggle living in the will of God because the will of God has nothing to do with you. The will of God has everything to do with him. Everybody say amen. Matter of fact, look in your notes. This is how Jesus said it. <clears throat> Jesus said it this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Check it out. Thy will, God, this is Jesus, the mighty God in Christ. In his humanity, he is speaking to the Father. Let your will be done 
on earth as you see it in heaven. Let it be on earth. Jesus is about to die on the cross. He doesn't want to die. His flesh says, I don't want this cup. Let it pass by me. Is there any way I can not do this? But yet his divinity, his God nature says, let your will be done on earth. Here's a powerful statement. Jesus put the will of God before the will of man. If you are ever going to live in the fair way, if you're ever gonna live in the will of God, you're gonna have to put the will of God before your will. Now, let me come back and say it a whole different way, a much more polished way. God's will for your life will always be in his will. Your will, God's will for you will never be separated from what God's doing on earth. So let's just have fun with this. If it's God's will that, 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 that you get married and you become a school teacher, guess what? You're a school teacher to reach people for Jesus Christ. If it's God's will that you get your journeyman's license and you're, you're now a journeyman in plumbing or electricity or so forth, guess what? It's God's will that you reach people for Jesus Christ. Because all of the other stuff is irrelevant if you're not under his sovereign will. The word there is that God is sovereign. He's the ultimate authority. He is the most all-powerful. He is God. And it's his will for you to carry out his plan and his mission on earth. Your purpose is to reach people for Jesus. Someone say amen. Now, down this side of the fairway is the sovereign will of God. But down this side of the fairway is the moral will of God. Now, the moral will of God is all that's already been said in his word. <laughs> it's funny how many of us pray and ask God for direction on things. And I'm not God, and I can't say that God's ever said this to you, but it's almost I think we can entertain the thought that God's probably said, why don't you just read what I've already written and you'll get the answer. But we don't wanna do that. We want it the way we want it. What, what's that fast food that have it the way you want it or whatever? Burger King. Sorry, I'm water burger guy. The will of God is not just what you want. The will of God is what God wants in you, for you, through you, for his glory. And it's written in his word. Let me, let me do my best to here tackle, tackle, these, tackle these notes that you're looking at here. Luke chapter number 21, verse 33, King James Version of the Scriptures. Read it this way. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. To know the will of God for your life is to know the word of God. The quicker you get engaged in doing what God's doing, the sovereign will of God, and the quicker that you give yourself over to the word of God, you will find yourself in the will of God. Reaching people for Jesus, obeying and adhering to his commandments. You can't be in the will of God outside of the word of God. And let me touch this. And, and, and man, the first service, man, this was, like, this was like their candy stick. Because of that generation, this was their kind of preaching. 
Here's what I'm up against in this service. You're the ones that I need to preach this to because all of us in the younger generation, we're living in a culture that wants to take the word of God and twist it to make it fit what we want. And ladies and gentlemen, that's not how it works. We must be tweaked and twisted to fit the word of God. We got it backwards, okay? Let me tell you something. I'm I'm just gonna preach it right where we're living. You can pray all you want. You can hope all you want. You can want it all you want, but sin doesn't change. Sin is sin. And I know what people say, but times have changed, Pastor Tommy. You gotta catch up, bruh. You gotta catch up. Things are different. Times have changed. Things are different. But the word of God doesn't change. And most of our problems that we're dealing with in a culture that we're in is because we're trying to change the word of God like trends change. The word of God's not trendy, guys. The word of God's not gonna be up one day, down the next. It's not a stock. It's not a fashion. It's not a fad. It's immutable, meaning it does not, cannot, will not change. You and I, man, we're up 20 pounds one year, down 10 the next. We're black hair one day, gray hair the next. We change. We go from 20s to the 40s. We're 40s to the, everything's changing in us. We change outfits. We change likes and dislikes. We, we like this one day. We don't like it the next. You can't treat the word of God this way. The word of God is fixed and settled. If you're gonna be in the will of God, you're gonna have to change to get into the will of God by getting into the word of God. And that is some good preaching. Whether you like my tie or not, that's good preaching. (laughs) I asked Pastor Dustin, should I take my tie off? He said, no, it looks good. I asked his wife, she said, yeah, I'd lose it. (laughs) I think I'm gonna listen to Catherine. All right, here we go. Check this out. I have no idea why I'm taking it off, but I feel better already. Check it out. (laughs) The more I get to know the sovereign will of God and the more I get to know the moral will of God, the more I will be able to discern what God's will for my life is. The more I'm doing what God's doing and the more I understand what he's asking me to do, the more I'll know what his point is in my life. Because out of this survey, what everybody wants to know, Aaron and Monica Gant, is what about us? What's the will of God for my life? Well, we'll get there and we're about to get there, like literally in like two seconds, we're gonna get there, but you can't get there until you know that you know that you know that you've got people on your mind, that you wake up every day looking at a lost world that needs Jesus. If you wake up every day looking at your life, your needs, your wants, your desires, you're already missing it, man. You gotta have people on your heart that are lost and that are not going to heaven. And it's gotta bug you. It's gotta bother you. You've gotta wake up every day looking at someone and saying, 
that person's hurting. That marriage is failing. Their mind is troubled. Their emotions are all over the map. And I might be an electrician or I might be a salesman. I might be a school teacher. But before all that, I'm salt and light to this hurt person and I need to reach them. And then you also have to have the word of God as your guide in this life because the newspaper will lie to you. The websites will lie to you. Your friends will lie to you. But the word of God is truth and you've got to buy it and sell it not. And once you establish this, now we can get to the practical. Now we can get to the big question. How do I know the will of God for my life? I'm gonna give you a few questions that you can ask yourself. These are filters, okay? When you ask these questions, you literally are foolproofing your life. But you gotta ask these questions. First of all, here's a question for you to ask, finding the will of God for your life. Am I in a right relationship with God? Am I in a right relationship with God? Romans chapter 12, verse number two in the NIV. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Everyone say changed. Be changed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is not gonna be uh, underscored in your notes, but you need to write it down. These are two questions that I can solve pretty much 99.9% of our struggles if we'll ask ourselves these two questions every day but nobody wants to ask them because they're so invasive. Every AO student in the room, you need to be asking yourself this question. Pastor Manny, you ought to teach this sometime. Number one, am I doing what I should be doing? Am I doing what I should be doing? In other words, is there something I'm doing that is wrong? I mean, this, this goes back to like, grandma type teaching but that's why she was smart am I doing something that I shouldn't be doing what, what, what's going on here am I, am I looking at things I shouldn't be looking at am I listening to things I shouldn't be listening to am I entertaining conversations that not healthy am I texting with the wrong people am I private messaging the wrong people Am I engaging in conversations that are critical, bitter, negative, hurtful? Am I laughing at things that are not really funny? Are you tracking with me? This, this is as real as it's gonna get, guys. If you wanna live here, the only way you get here is putting these parameters up, the sovereign will of God and the moral will of God, and then you can start talking about you. And when it talks about you, you gotta talk about you. This ain't about anybody else. It's about you right now. Are you doing something you shouldn't be doing? And you know it. You're worrying about should you buy that house or take that promotion <laughs> And that's so minor in the big scope of the will of God. That is so unimportant right now. The most important thing is, are you doing stuff you shouldn't be doing? And then the flip side of that, the secondary question is, is there something you should be doing that you're not doing? 
And man, if you ever have the backbone and the audacity to truly ask God those questions, <laughs> this is how David said it. Look in Psalms chapter number 139. Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24 in King James Version says, man, this is some scary stuff to pray to God, Sister Joe Thomas. If any of us were to pray this to God, we would definitely come out of the rough and we would get into the will of God. And these are, this is it. Search me, oh God. Most people are like, hey God, if you don't mind, kind of just look through the window. Don't come into my heart. Lord Jesus, just kind of hang out in the front yard and when I want to see you and catch up on old times, I'll come out and see you. But David says, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. I'll never forget this. I was at church summer camp. I was like 13, 14, 15 years old and I'll never forget a youth pastor got up preaching at church summer camp and man, you know, church summer camp was about softball and girls. Softball and girls. Girls and softball. You with me? And hamburgers. And that youth pastor got up there to preach and that youth pastor said, if we had the technology, if we had the ability to put a cable into your mind and show your thoughts on the screen, Every 15-year-old in the building was like, oh, God, no. Oh, Jesus, whatever you got to do. Don't show my thoughts, Lord. And every 40-year-old in the room said, amen. David said, search me. Know my thoughts. How long has it been since you've asked God that? If you want to live in the rough, don't share your thoughts. If you want to live in the rough, if you want to play, play life out of the hazards, if you always want to be fighting in your house, if you always want to be on the bottom looking up, if you want life to be the biggest struggle you ever dreamed of having, if you want every possible hardship in this world and play out of the rough the rest of your life, then you just don't ask God into your heart and you'll get what you've wanted. But if you'll ask God to come into your heart, to search you, to know your thoughts, he is literally picking you up and pulling you out of the rough and putting you in the fairway. It's not going to be simple. It's not going to be easy. But it's going to be easier when you're in the will of God. Someone clap your hands to the Lord. Give me some water right there. <clears throat> He continued in verse 24. Thank you, Pastor May. He continued in verse 24 and said, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me. Here's the hope. Lead me in the way everlasting. God will lead you if you'll invite him to. Thirdly, as I move quickly, here's your third point. Third question to ask yourself. Have I sought godly counsel? Proverbs eleven fourteen, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Don't make decisions alone. Surround yourself with godly people. Bounce your thoughts off of them. Throw your ideas at them. Before you make the decision, whatever the decision is, have godly people in your life. 
to keep you in the will of God. Now, (laughs) I'm just gonna lay it out there. It's amazing to me how people will go to, to seek counsel not seeking counsel. You know how many people walk in to my office? I'll never forget this. Let me tell you this quick story. I'll never forget Pastor Ron Lyles one time saying, he was like 10, 12, 15 years ago. It was forever ago. I was our youth pastor here at the church. And he said, I'm fit to do some marriage counseling and I would like for you to sit in. Just sit there quietly and let things play out. I want you to experience this. And I'm like, great, cool, I'd love to. And I got so nervous when the couple walked in and you could tell they're ready to kill each other. The couple walked in, sat down, and I'll never forget Brother Ron Lyles looking at him and saying, so are you here for me to help you in your divorce or in your marriage? Because you already have determined why you're here. And I'm over there supposed to be quiet, but I couldn't. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) how strong is that? Because after 40 years of doing this, he's learned most people make their decision and then they'll get counsel. In other words, I want you to tell me I'm doing what's right. It matters who you consider your godly counsel. Don't get your counsel after the decision's made and you informing them on what you're gonna do. And don't get your counsel by someone that doesn't know how to say no to you. If it's just a yes person in your life, if it's just your girlfriend, if it's your boy, of course they're gonna say, do whatever you want, man. And you're gonna feel like you got counsel. You need someone in your life that can know you. That's with a K-N-O-W. And you need someone in your life that can know you. That's capital N, capital O, exclamation point. Because if you don't have somebody that can know the real you and that can say no to you, guess what? You're not making godly counsel. All you're doing is making your decision and sharing it. I'm preaching so much better than you're responding If this is a 10, it's like an 11. (laughs) Y'all want me to put my tie back on? Good, because I can't. It takes me like an hour to get that thing right. (laughs) Seek godly counsel, man. It'll keep you in the will of God. Here's our last point. I'm sorry, not our last point. Second to last. Do I sense God's Peace. First Corinthians 14 says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. I've kind of spent some time on it already, but I just want to hit you with it real quick, a little nugget here. God's peace is different than the world's peace. Because if you're not in the sovereign will of God, if you're not in the moral will of God, Mr. Sam Perry, you can literally be out of the will of God and still feel at peace with things. But what that is, is there's no different than tranquility. You know, like a hot bath or a vacation or maybe maybe some of you that like to fly, you know, you're at peace when you're in the air and you're flying that airplane. Others of you that like to hunt or fish or shop, come on somebody. You're at peace when you're, you know, you're doing your thing. That's not God's peace. That's not what I'm talking about. Your feelings are, will take you into sin and make you feel good about it. 
I know I'm married, Pastor Tommy, but she doesn't give me the attention. It's like all she worries about is those kids and her job. And well, there's, there's this lady at work and, and I, I, I'm at peace with it. Really? You're at peace with it, but you're a believer. So in other words, that's contradicting the word of God. You hadn't sought godly counsel over it. Sin has made you feel good about it. There's a difference in God's peace that's greater than any understanding because it's in alignment with his moral will. It's connected to his sovereign will and godly people in your life will confirm that. Don't be tricked by the enemy of your eternal destination by making you feel good about what it is that's outside of the will of God. Hey, what do you want? Do you want the will of God? Or do you just want to be hacking it around in life in the rough? Come on, guys. Last but not least, and in just a few moments, we'll shift gears in this service. Last but not least, you got to ask yourself, is this my will or is this God's will? Because all of us at creation, you were given a desire, a want to, a drive, which is healthy. But you're going to have to submit the will of your life, the steering wheel of your life to God and ask, am I wanting this for me or am I wanting this to please God? Because God's will will always treat you better, more fairly than your will. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. We have a group here today that's going to be baptized. There's many people being baptized today. If you're one that's going to be baptized, I want you to dismiss yourself at this time. And for all of you that are here, I'll wait for all this movement to settle. I'll wait for the movement to settle. And then I want to talk to your hearts. I want to talk to your hearts. All right, bow your heads one more time. I apologize. If you've ever wondered about the will of God, I'm even going to go forward to say that some of you, even just in the last 20, 30 minutes of this simple teaching, either was it the theological point or the practical, you might even recognize that you're out of the will of God. What does that mean? that your life's not pleasing the Lord. The good news is that he stands with an open arm to receive you right now. And I know there's a lot of things distracting you, but I'm praying right now in the name of the Lord that you'll focus on what you're hearing right now. The will of God for your life is for you to repent of your sins to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and settle your eternity. And beyond that, this sermon can help you find that sweet spot of doing life in a better way. So right now, if you're here today and you're apart from God, 
Maybe you used to be in relationship with him, but it's been a while and you've kind of drifted away or possibly you've never even had this opportunity before. I want to lead you to Jesus. I'm not going to have you stand. I'm not going to have you come forward. Not today. I just want you to lift your hand and I want to pray for you. If you want to give your life to Jesus in the complete sense of the term, I see you there in the back. I see you right here. Lift it up high. I see you right there. God bless you. That's beautiful. Wow. This is great. I see you, sir. Okay, you can put your hands down. I want to pray over you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for every person that had their hands lifted up, make these words your words. Lord Jesus, because of the sound of the word of God and the hearing of the word of God, my faith in you has been stirred up and I feel like it's my time to make a change. Something out of this preacher's mouth today has stirred me to the point that I want to change. I want my life different. I'm tired of playing life out of the rough and it's been so difficult for me and I think I've gotten myself there on my own but I can't get out of it on my own. So Father, I ask you right now to come into my heart, come in to stay, come into my heart and turn me back to you. Forgive me of my sin, renew and cleanse my mind. All the things of my past that I don't know if I'm ever gonna forget, I'm asking you to forgive me of them. And I ask you to set my feet in the right direction where I can make a new fresh start going in the right direction at the right, pla- at the right pace to be in your will. Continuing with your heads bowed, this prayer is for every person that's in this room that you might struggle with the will of God. And I close with this prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray over everyone in the room today, every musician, every singer, every pastor on this church staff, every volunteer, every guest, every member. May we live in the perfect will of God, doing what we know to do, not doing what we know not to do, obeying the word of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and being engaged with people because God, people matter to you and we want them to matter to us. I pray this blessing in Jesus' name and let everybody say one last amen.